Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. To be a great city, you have to have great performing arts organizations. And for nearly 70 years, the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra has been delighting audiences in the capital region with performances that rival those found in any major market in America. Joining us today to talk about the Baton Rouge Symphony and the challenges it faces in a changing world is the organization's executive director, Carrie Bird, who actually was a French horn player with the symphony here back in the 1990s. Since then, he has helped lead the LSU School of Music, the LSU College of Music and Dramatic Arts, the Houston Grand Opera, and Decamera of Houston. Carrie, we're glad to have you back in Baton Rouge and glad to have you here with us today on Out to Lunch. Oh, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. One of the other pillars of the performing arts community in Baton Rouge is the Baton Rouge Ballet Theater. Founded in 1960, the company has built a solid reputation of excellence through grassroots efforts and exceptional leadership. Over the years, the Baton Rouge Ballet has nurtured hundreds of award-winning local dancers and choreographers, while also bringing world-class professional dancers to the Baton Rouge stage. Joining us from Baton Rouge Ballet Theater is Christy Benoit, Director of Development and Communications. Christy, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited about this show. I love talking about the arts because it's so important to business and economic development as well as the fabric of the community. So I want to get into that. But Carrie, first, tell us what made you come back here to Baton Rouge after being in Houston, one of the biggest cities in the country? Uh, you know, I really loved my time in Houston, and it was um, very exciting to work with, uh, you know, one of the nation's leading arts organizations, Houston Grand Opera, um, and international for that matter. Um, but I you know, Baton Rouge just felt like home for me. I, I say that I came home and everyone said, I didn't know you were from Baton Rouge. And, and I say, well, technically I'm from South Carolina, but Baton Rouge just feels like home for me. And you've been here since, obviously you were in college here? I came and did my master's degree here in 98 and then stayed here in, through 2005. How, how very different is it playing with the symphony versus running the symphony? <laughs> What's well, much more fun to play with the symphony? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I will also say that, to preface that, I think our orchestra is has grown immensely since I was last here. And they sound infinitely better than when I was here, and that's sort of a slam on myself, but... Um, they have really continued to grow year after year, and, and it's a wonderful chance to be here. I think the biggest challenge um, uh, from being a performer and being um, on the dark side as the administration is um, the fact that it's it's not quite as fun. I mean, you have to look at things with a little bit more of a level hand. Um, it, it might sound fantastic to do project XYZ but if if you can't 
viably uh, pay for it, uh, then you're not really doing anyone a favor. Not the musicians, not the community who we truly serve, and certainly not our patrons and donors. So, and I go to the symphony a good bit. I have a, a little boy who plays in the Junior Youth Orchestra. Oh, wonderful. Love that organization. But when you go to the symphony, and I'm not young at all, and you look around and you know you feel like one of the youngest people in the audience, you really do see an aging audience. You see declining audiences as, as nationwide. This is a problem. How are you all trying to attract younger people, to attract more crowds? I mean, how do you generate an interest in classical music today? Ever since I've been involved in uh, the performing arts, that has been a, a statement that's happened over and over. Oh, the audience is getting older or no one's interested. And, and I, I agree and I disagree. There's been a big push to get 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds to come to the concerts. And when we were in one of our board meetings, I said, well, there's a problem with this. I said, 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds all generally have something um, that's about this high. Right. And that's, <laughs> uh, if you can't see, it's, it's about three children and a half feet. Home. It's children. <laughs> and so to have all of our concerts on a Thursday night it, at so 7.30, it's very, very difficult to get homework done and dressed up to go out and feed them and have lunches ready and... Um, so, for example, this year we, we made a very conscious effort to move our family pop series um, to Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays moving forward. So from this point moving forward, you'll find that there are concerts that are available when you don't have school the next day. And, and it's, it's making a huge difference. That's excellent. Christy, tell us about the ballet I would as imagine it faces a similar set of challenges and that you all also are looking at ways to make it more user-friendly for audiences. Yes, we, I mean, we are always hear that phrase as well, you know, our, our graying audience. Um, but we do, a big part of our mission is actually to expose new audiences to dance and, and a big part of that is younger audiences. And um, we have a lot of programs, our outreach programs, that are really targeted at um, developing this, this passion for the arts um, and just exposure to to dance and to live theater and all that can be um, in children. Uh, we do have um, our Nutcracker School Day where we bring students into the theater, but we also have programs where uh, we take dancers into the schools and they do lecture demonstrations and they do performances and they talk about nutrition and, and healthy eating and exercise. Um, so I think in a lot of different ways we try to kind of cultivate that appreciation with younger audiences and hopes that, you know, as they grow older, they they will appreciate the ballet and the orchestra and, and want to come see those things. And, I, and I, because so many young girls and little girls take ballet, you know, as an extracurricular activity, I guess that sort of gives you sort of a built-in pipeline or, you know, a built-in audience to an extent. It yeah. does, yeah. Most of our dancers are in high school and college, um, and then we have a lot of dancers that are working full-time also. Uh, so, yeah, they, they start really young. Um, taking classes and and they do kind of grow up with the ballet um, and that's and you know another big part of our audience is the people that have really generation through generation they've gone to classes with the ballet they send their daughters and their sons there um, so yeah that is a, another way we we really try to reach our audience how many performances do you all do a season well we typically have three major shows so we'll always bring in a, a performing guest company okay um, in the fall um, and you know that'll be touring companies from New York, from Chicago, um, and a lot of times they're really internationally uh, famous companies, so that's always really exciting to have these big professional artists in Baton Rouge 
Um, but then in the spring, we also do a show that's more geared towards our local talent. Um, and it's either a full-length classical ballet or we'll do a modern mixed bill piece with uh, different choreographers. Um, and then, of course, every December, we always have the Nutcracker, A Tale from the Bayou. Um, and we have and several that's performances. A that one's always packed. No problems getting audiences into the River Center for that performance. Yes. The Nutcracker is probably our, our biggest fundraiser, if you will, of the year. Um, it's definitely, it's the most popular. And we, we're always excited that we get so many people in there to see live theater and see ballet. Um, and it, it really helps us to, to do a lot of what we do the rest of the year as well. Sure. Well, Carrie and Christy, I want to bring in another guest who's going to join this conversation, and I know she has plenty to add. She's Leanne Clement, General Director of Opera Louisiane, which is less than a decade old. The opera company was founded just in 2007, but in that short time has hired hundreds of local artists to perform in such favorites as the Magic Flute, Madame Butterfly, and I believe y'all have done the Barber of Seville. Uh, you have a Gilbert and Sullivan coming up this, this season. Um, Opera Louisiane has a heavy focus on education, and I think y'all right. are bringing a lot to the table here in the arts community. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you so Tell much for having me. Tell us about it. You were the brains behind Opera Louisiane. Well, the you know the in initial uh, when Opera Louisiane started, it was started by Robert Grayson and Amanda Vincent. I have to give them credit for really getting the the company started, and uh, we had a lot of support from the mayor and the city council and some of the major funding organizations in the community, like the Pennington Foundation and the Baton Rouge Area Foundation. You know, there was a lot of support to get Opera Louisiane started, but it was started with a real education um, focus and so we established this young people's opera program that provides free opera for students about 3,000 students every year and um, this past year we actually met well we reached the goal of 25,000 kids have seen opera totally free of charge um, since we started and so that's that's one of our big focuses but we also we bring in major performers from around the country and around the world we do auditions every year um, and we bring in those people to perform in our um, programs as well as using the local talent as you mentioned uh, we think it's really important to highlight you know we're opera Louisiana we focus on Louisiana's talent um, we use we use people from LSU but also there are lots of opera singers who just live right here in Baton Rouge you might not realize it mm -hmm. but but your neighbor might be an opera singer um, you just don't know so we try to use as much local talent as possible how much do you all collaborate how much do you do your three organizations work together can I start sure. Sure. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that um, we use Opera Louisiane uses a lot of the players from the symphony um, as far as hiring the symphony as a whole uh, we haven't done that yet it's something that I can hint at that we're uh, Carrie and I are kind of in the talks about because it's it's definitely something that we want to happen in the future. I've also met with Molly uh, Buckman in the past with the, the ballet about how can we work together because of course opera. I mean I'm partial, but it involves all three. Yeah. You know many operas have a ballet and of course they need a symphony and um, an orchestra and so it's it it needs to happen. It's we're we're there on the verge I think. Just as Carrie said, I mean money is at a premium and so we have to find ways to work together that um, will allow us to do all the great things we can with one another. Fundraising is so hard for all nonprofit organizations and I know especially for the arts organizations. How are you all going about meeting those challenges? What, what types of you know fundraising efforts do you all have underway? I think our, our biggest strategy is really not putting all your eggs in one basket. You know, funding is never guaranteed any year. Um, we start fresh every year at the beginning of the season, raising money to do what we do all, do all year long. 
Um, so I think it, it really is about a balance of you know getting grants, um, getting corporate sponsorships, individual memberships, and then our, our fundraising activities as well. Um, you and have we a do gala. have, you have uh, we do have a couple fundraisers each year. We have um, a fundraising raffle. We have a, our Nutcracker Tea as a fundraiser mm -hmm. for the ballet. Um, we have dancing in the streets in the in the springtime uh, over at Perkins Row, and, and that helps raise money as well. So it's a lot of s small fundraisers mm -hmm. that kind of come together to make a bigger whole. What about the symphony, Carrie? We are very fortunate um, in that we are just finishing up a million-dollar challenge. Um, really? Correct. Um, uh, we approached the uh, Pennington Foundation, the Irene W. and C. B. Pennington Foundation, not the Pennington yes. Biomedical no. Foundation. Um, uh, last year with an, uh, an opportunity to really put the symphony on sound footing moving forward and we've been reaching out to our community and asking um, longtime donors to um, renew and pledge their support for the multiple years out and then ask them to in addition to that make a, a special gift or pledge above that that would also go for out for three years and in, in a couple cases four um, and it's just made a huge difference I mean we've ultimately come up with uh, we're very close if anyone has like ten thousand dollars <laughs> feel free to call but um, these these types of activities where you can um, show that there's a goal and an ultimate sure. business model it a just makes plan. a huge difference so what is when you say sound financial footing what number do you need to get to and to be well, long-term sustainable. I think the, the major for all y'all, we'll start with the symphony. The, I think the major problem for all arts organizations, and I was laughing when you said we start at zero every year because it's true. To have a, a long-term plan where you know that um, generous supporters like Leanne, for example, are, are supporting us at a sustained level for multiple years allows us to spend more time just thanking Leanne and additional time to go out and find new sources of revenue or support or grants or corporate sponsorships and it, it, it makes a huge difference. Uh, so that's our big financial plan right now is how we can look to the future and say we know we have this much secure and we can add a little on and, and we know we can bring in special guest artists X, Y, or Z for an extra you know $10,000. Do any arts organizations sell naming rights? I know that may sound crazy, but I mean, I know today everything is on the table when you're talking <laughs> about raising money. We want people to know who our individual donors are because those are the people who really sustain us over time. And so every chance I get, I try to put people's names and programs on our email blasts. But, you know, if someone wants to underwrite our next production and say it's $50,000 and they want to give me, you know, over half of that money, yes, I'm going to put their name on it and sure. say, this production is presented by X, Y, and Z and, you know, and Opera Louisiane. Because, of course, we need our name out there too, but yes, we, we want to give people credit for what they're doing. And there are so many businesses and individuals who are so very supportive of the arts in Baton Rouge. But I think Carrie touched on another really important thing is that it's just getting other people to know that we even exist. Yes. I mean, for the symphony and for the ballet. They have a much greater name recognition. Yes, they've been here for so long. Right. The opera, you know, we're going to celebrate our 10th anniversary. As you mentioned, you know, we're not even a decade old yet. And we still have people who I meet on the street and they're like, opera, what is that? We yeah. have an opera company here? Yes, we do. <laughs> I want to shout it from the rooftops, you know. But um, but it's hard. It's hard to get that, that name recognition. Um, and I, and I also want to 
pick up on one tiny little bit that Leanne was mentioning. Uh, when it comes to getting um, support from businesses or foundations or even like the National Endowment for the Arts, one of the really critical things is how many people are giving you money right. and not just buying tickets. And it doesn't matter if you give us $20 or $20,000. They want to know that there's a broad support for what you're doing because it, it, it makes sense that, oh, look, there's a thousand people that are giving to this organization. Of course, we want to support yes. it in addition to the tens of thousands that might buy tickets. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think that that's a really interesting right. point mm -hmm. that a lot of people, I think, feel like, oh, well, my, my five or $10 is not going to make a difference. It absolutely yeah, does. I, I totally agree that those $50,000 donors are very nice, but you know, a hundred, 200, $50 donors, I mean, right. it makes such a difference in what you can do when they all add up. And I mean, even just with $50, you know, there's, there's office supplies that Absolutely. we're a business, right. we sure. function like a business does and, and there's things that we do need to pay for. And when we're read by granting sources like the National Endowment for the Arts, they really say how many people right. in your <laughs> community want yeah. this. If you want us to give you a big chunk of money, right. does your community want it? And it's, it's such a powerful, when you give, it's really powerful and it's fun. Mm -hmm. No <laughs> doubt. Well, y'all, we're going to take a little break for just a minute and do what we call the checklist. It's that part of the show where we ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Christy, I'll start with you. What is your trick for staying positive? Well, I think working um, in the nonprofit world, one of the things that keeps me really positive is just this spirit of generosity that I'm surrounded by every day. Um, you know, I, I get to work with philanthropic people, with uh, generous corporations and individuals, but also our volunteers. I mean, we have just an incredible base of volunteers that we really couldn't make our season happen without. So I think, <laughs> I just think of those people and really that generosity when I need to stay positive. And I think you're a positive person to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> Le Leanne, tell me, um, is there anything that would make you consider leaving Baton Rouge? Oh, well, that's really an interesting question because I actually recently moved to Lake Charles. So you don't um, live here anymore? I, so I don't live here, although I'm here about two weeks out of the month. And wow. so um, what I made you go to Lake Charles? Well, Maybe. my husband's job moved us there and, you know, he's, um, his job is what allows me to do my job um, because, of course, in the nonprofit, I would say none of us probably make what's equivalent to what we would do in the, in the for-profit world. But... Um, it's amazing. My board has really um, come together to support me in that, and I've seen a huge growth um, in our com in our community. But I will say, I can't wait to come back to Baton Rouge. I really miss it. I miss you know being able to go to the symphony. I miss going to the ballet. And not that Lake Charles is not wonderful, because it is. There are many wonderful things there. But um, that's uh, otherwise. I really love Baton Rouge. I moved here from Virginia in 2003, and there's so many things about it. I've seen the city grow so much, and I've become um, just a real Baton Rougean at heart. So, what do you just to piggyback on something that you said? I mean, could Opera Louisiane spread to the rest of Louisiana? I mean, is that a goal eventually? That, that is absolutely a goal. Um, you know, I have I have really big dreams for Opera Louisiana, and one of them is to take you know our educational programs to some of the other parts of Louisiana because you know pack up those shows pack up the orchestra and go to other performing venues where people um, don't otherwise get to see opera you know opera is 
been in, in the state since 1796. So there's a long history here, and yeah. we need to celebrate that, and it's part of our name. Like I said, it's Opera Louisiane. We want to spread it, and so I'm already looking at you know ways that we can perform in Lake Charles, of course, since I'm there. I'm trying to make those connections. Excellent. So Excellent. Well, Carrie, here's your, your checklist question. We didn't want to overlook you. How do you recharge your batteries? How do I recharge my batteries? Yeah. I like to do nothing better than open up a nice bottle of wine and cook. <laughs> that sounds delightful. And read a book. Put something in the oven, sit down, read a book, wait till it's done, and pour another glass when I eat. Excellent. <laughs> well, y'all, let's, you mentioned, one of y'all mentioned a uh, board of directors a, a few minutes ago, and I wanted to ask y'all, I know the role of the board is so important, and, and making sure that you have the right people on your board, and I know dealing with boards can be very difficult. How how have your relations been with your boards? I know you're not going to say anything negative <laughs> here, but how important <laughs> is the board and making sure that you have well-heeled, well-connected, thoughtful people on the board who are really going to give it the time it deserves? I, I think I would say I don't know that it's necessarily well-heeled, well-connected. I think what is really important is deeply engaged. And the other things generally happen. Hmm. Um, Interesting. The people that the people that end up um, sort of rising to the top of the pool of people to be on the board are are really passionate about what you're doing, mm -hmm. and they bring lots of things to the table. Um, certainly, there's a financial commitment that they give. They frequently give so much time, and then do volunteer work like crazy plus there's the management which is i mean you know technically i'm the management but they need to know what's going on i mean we're we're all in management um but ultimately they need to be sort of watching because they are responsible and they're putting their names on the line i think that um you know finding finding good board uh, participation is something that happens magically. I don't know how else to <laughs> <Yeah>. describe <laughs> it, but you'll you'll be walking through and meeting people that have been coming for years in the audience, and you go, you know, I don't know why I thought about this before, but let's ask so and so, and and you bring it up to your governance committee, and and it works. I well, I want to just add to that. You know, we're in a, a little bit of a different situation because we are kind of new. We've lost all of our current or our old board members, meaning the ones who established the company. And so we've kind of got a new crop of board members in this past uh, four or five years. And I have to say that I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to have the board that I have. And they are so diverse. You know, when we, f we first had a bunch of people who are very passionate about opera, and that really worked. Right. But what's working now also mm -hmm. is to have people who are some are really passionate about opera. Some think that we just need to have an opera company in Baton Rouge because they just believe because. It, just because exactly. And then there are some who are they just want something different to do with their lives. And so um, we have such a diverse board. I think that's the that's the real key. And also the board leadership. You know, we have a fantastic um, chair right now in Russ Chapman, and he's just he's taking us to new heights. And so I have to give him some credit for that. Um, even though, yes, it's a lot of work for those of us in the office, but um, our, our board just really works well together. Great. Yeah, I, have to, I think that really sums it up. You know, it's 
the best thing a board member can be is engaged and you know having a diverse board is is really key and I can sincerely say we have such a phenomenal board at the ballet. I mean, they are the definition of a working board. <laughs> they yes. don't just write a check and, and go on their way. You know, they are there at every event, making things happen, coordinating volunteers. Um, and I think, you know, like the opera, not all of them are dancers. Not all of them have a dance background. Some of them are actually former dancers, but some of them, you know, they had never been to a performance till they joined the board, but they are all really committed to this um, idea of engaging our community through the arts. I think that's yeah. the biggest point is I think a lot of them want do what they do because they care about our community. Right. They, they want our community to thrive. Tell me y'all before we wrap up real quick, where do you see your organization in three to five years? Um, well, our Board of Trustees actually recently imp implemented a five-year strategic plan um, and we're well on our way to checking some things off of that list, but we are really investing a lot in growing our organization, um, both on the staff side, um, on our artistic side, really um, increasing our resources and, and just being able to reach a broader audience, um, increase the impact of all of our programs to a more regional level. What about the symphony, Carrie? Um, well, intriguingly, we we are in the process of doing another five-year strategic plan, and and without going into much detail on it, w it looks like we pretty much accomplished a lot of the things in the last one. Um, That's great. Um, I think that our, our major goals right now are to continue to uh, to engage different segments of our community in new and innovative ways, and just to continually let everyone know we're here for you. It doesn't matter if you think you like classical music. Trust me, I promise you, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and just look for new ways to get everyone to appreciate the great thing that the Baton Rouge Symphony is, and and the ballet and the opera too. Yeah. And, and what about Opera Louisiana? Will you be in Lake Charles in five years? No, <laughs> I will be back. At least okay. that's the plan. <laughs> um, and I hope that uh, when I come back, we'll be on the verge of, um, you know, increasing our young people's opera program so that we're serving, you know, more like 5,000 kids a year. We're back at the River Center where we have a little more space to fit those kids. Um, I think we're going to continue our diverse offerings. Um, each year we do about four programs, and we do them at different venues. You know, the River Center, the Manship, the Old State Capitol, because those different venues work for us. I, so I see that continuing, but I think people are going to be, um, they're really going to understand that that's what works for us. And so we're going to have a group of people who come to see our Manship shows. We'll have people who come to see the Old State Capitol shows, and some that come to the, just come to the um, the River Center shows. and. And that's what I see. I see our, our, our program growing in that way. Um, we have great leadership with Michael Borowitz as our artistic director, and he has some big visions for the future. So I, I look forward to implementing them. Well, great. Well, Leanne Clement, Christy Benoit, Carrie Bird, it's been a pleasure to visit with y'all today and to learn so much about your arts organizations and what they are doing here for Baton Rouge. So thank you all for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, thank you so much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Carrie Bird from the Baton Rouge Symphony, Christy Benoit from Baton Rouge Ballet Theater, and Leanne Clement from Opera Louisiane. You can find out more about the Baton Rouge Symphony, Baton Rouge Ballet Theater, and Opera Louisiane by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman.
You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com.